This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It is Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Mailbag double header time. When you see our lower third, you can tell we are ready to take your questions. I'm going to be completely honest with you. The Twitter world is going crazy with these draft boards. I'm not ready for the draft yet as we hit February 2nd. How do you feel about these draft boards right now? Sure, whatever. I don't care. I did one. I mean, it's just nonsense, right? I mean, I guess we know all the people that are going to declare, I believe. I don't think anybody's yeah. going back had unless to. it's like a really surprising thing. Uh, so at least they're not – I feel like when you do it in like October, it's pointless because it's like, well, like that guy could just go back, especially when you get to later rounds. Like first round, sure, just – pick somebody but yeah i don't know i've watched uh i've watched two guys in depth and i've caught glimpses of quite a few others because there's two football teams when i'm watching these players so but i did one and i only knew one person that i drafted so <laughs> well i even put it out on uh twitter earlier i was like draft people i need you to tell me what this wide receiver class looks like because i feel like cincinnati is going to get another wide receiver, but it sounds like it's kind of like mid to late draft for the wide receiver. There's no Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson's uh, to see early on. So it's going to be one of those where I feel like they could pick up third, third round, fourth round, because I do feel like they're going to add another weapon and maybe that's a tight end early, but we're going to go to Parker Blake, a friend of the show always sends great questions. He says, what are the Bengals looking to do in the draft? Are they drafting starters, upgrading depth? What positions and who should they be eyeing on days one and two? So I think it's well, obviously on day one, you're going to want to get a guy that is probably an immediate contributor, but they didn't do that this year. And I don't think it's a failed pick. So you can draft, you can draft depth and on day one, but it's gotta be a guy that next year will be an immediate, will be a contributor. Like when, Instead of saying immediate contributor, maybe think short-term contributor. Your your first-round pick needs to contribute within the first two years, in my opinion. Um, and then also become a, a probably, hopefully, a core piece moving forward. Although when you start drafting outside the top 16, 20, it becomes a little dicier to find those guys because, mm -hmm. you know, 27 picks before the Bengals. Uh yeah, so I, I think you look for somebody who can contribute immediately on day one. Day two, you probably also want to find somebody who can contribute on the team, I'll say short term, like within the first two years again. So that, that's what I'd be looking for on that end. Um, and then we've kind of done positions a little bit. I I The one I'm, I'm coming back to, and it's very timely because of the news, but if – Bijan Robinson, I haven't watched in depth, but he's supposed to be like the best running back since Barkley or something to enter the draft. If he really is that, and because running back is devalued position at this point in time, do the Bengals take a serious look at 28? Like, I think they would. I don't think they would ignore it. I, mm -hmm. I, I think they know that it's a need, and now it's definitely going to be a need. Piran's not even for sure back. We'll know by the time of the draft, but... You look at that, and I think that's an option. Um, and then there's a few options for running back in the second round. So I, I think they're going to go after a running back or a tight end early, maybe not both. And then I think they're going to look for plenty of defensive guys. But that's just my early feel on it. I don't have a great feel on everything. I know everybody wants 
offensive lineman, that's also a possibility. I think offensive tackle or if they love an interior guy. And I know everybody loves Cody Mounts with his three teeth. So that's always an option. I hear he's interior, even though he played tackle. So I think when you when you talk about those positions, some of the most important things when it comes to running back and tight end and what they need to look for, it's just so hard with a draft. You don't know what's going to translate to the NFL, but they need to be able to block. Um, this offensive line is obviously not perfect. I still see them being able to pick up a guy or two in free agency. It's not going to be anything that's a super splash because that money's going to go elsewhere when it comes to Joe's contract and then just other free agents on the team. But that needs to be a little important when you look at those guys that you may be drafting. Um, Jess kind of ties it into the offensive line. She says, offensive line, draft or free agency are both like last year. And I'll be completely honest with you. I don't trust this team when it comes to developing a draft pick on the offensive line. I get that. Sure. <laughs> uh, not a great history over the past few years, although I would say that I thought Volson was developed from where he was in college. And it seems as if Carmen has developed some, um, but I also get the position because some of these guys haven't developed at all. Uh, I, I think my gut says, my gut says it'll probably be more draft though, because I, I don't, how much are you going to pay a guy to not start in free agency? Like it's, it's a possibility and maybe you want to get a swing tackle, a Rick Wagner, Billy Turner, whatever guy that if a guy goes down, he could start. Maybe you want a start startable low end right tackle um, to compete with Collins or because you're going to cut Collins and get cheaper there, or you're going to draft a rookie and have them compete for the job type thing. But in my mind, I, I think that they've got, I don't know. I, I don't think they have perfect depth. We saw that. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's a need, but just my gut says they're, they're more so willing to look through the draft to find these guys than they are in free agency. I would not mind an experienced swing tackle. I just don't know. Have the Bengals ever gone after like a, an experienced somewhat pricey swing tackle? Cause the way I'm building that out is that you're probably maybe getting a guy to work at right tackle. Like you think he might start at right tackle. You're not thinking I'm getting this guy to be a backup. Yeah, and one of the things, this image popped in my head the other day, if they would have lost Ted Karras in any of those games, do you feel confident about their backup center right now in that position, a center that can Hill? Yeah. Yeah, no, but. <laughs> not, not at all. I mean, there's just so many questions when it comes to the depth position because here's where I feel some people are a little wrong when you talk about the Bengals' offensive line. They're getting criticism again this year. We're seeing that meme again with Sewell and Jamar Chase. And, and the Bengals got Jamar Chase, right? They wouldn't have made it to the Super Bowl last year without Jamar Chase. And you could say the same for when he did return this season, even though he did miss five games. But the overall body of work when you come to the offensive line, I didn't mind any of those picks. Lyle Collins just didn't work out for Cincinnati. And this was way before his ACL injury. Just it just didn't it didn't work out. And that's unfortunate. So now I feel like you are looking at right tackle. 
And I still feel like you can look at depth positions when it comes to the left tackle. If maybe Jackson Carmen isn't your backup, I, I feel like it's going to be Jonah Williams. They picked up the option. They're not going to trade the guy. Mm-hmm. And then the guard position could use, use depth there. If a cap goes down again, what we saw in the Kansas city game, that was a huge difference. Um, if Cordell Volson just has that extra depth behind him and maybe year two looks even stronger for the rookie. Um, there's just a bunch of questions when it comes to what that depth looks like. But the thing is a lot of NFL teams could say the same thing when it comes to their offensive line, if they lose three starters. So I felt like Cincinnati did a lot last year with the offensive line. It just was unfortunate that some of the guys didn't work out and then injuries impacted all at the same time. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think it's very likely, but if you do, it is possible that a veteran offensive lineman wants a one last go type situation and they want to go with the Bengals because they're a Super Bowl contender. Um, if it is, I, I don't think it's out of the question that if a very, very good older left guard wants to play for the Bengals, I don't think it's out of the question that maybe Volson becomes the backup because while he was great for where he was drafted he was still probably a a below average left guard in the league Mm -hmm. um and you're hoping that improves but we've we just mentioned these guys haven't really developed that well lately so if he doesn't develop or maybe you just want to nip that in the bud because you're a super bowl contender it's possible i don't see it i don't think it is likely but i don't think i think he's more so a projected starter but you wrote it I don't want to say in pencil. Is there something in between pencil and pen? You know, maybe you just have white out somewhere deep in your junk drawer. That <laughs> with that one, you're just like, very, very likely he's a starting left guard. But if something comes up, like, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Right? Joel Batonio gets cut from the Browns and he's just like, I want to make one go with the Bengals. You you sign Joel Batonio. You don't say like, no, thank you. We have a left guard. Uh so, I mean, that is one way to make your depth much better is that you have a very, very startable piece that can play left or right guard. Now you have an interior offensive lineman to move around. I wouldn't mind them finding some type of center that's not Trey Hill because that does scare me, though. They need to be able to snap, and he's probably the only other guy on the roster that can snap a football. Sorry to put that image in your head. Uh, when Ted Karras was battling that that um, leg a little bit after the Bill, or in between the Bills game, I was like, no. No, they can't. They can't lose Ted Karras. They need him. He needs. We need him out there. Uh, but at the same time, uh, so, you know, I, I did receive another uh, tweet earlier today, and, and they said, you know, one of the things I learned about the 2022 season was that this team was an offensive line away from from one. You could say one or two Lombardies right now. And that is an unfortunate situation because you look at the teams in the Super Bowl this year and trenches matter so much, um, whether your starter go da- goes down or not, because an NFL season is extremely long, but you have to have a backup plan if it's guys that you end up drafting, drafting that are developmental pieces. Um, but right now, Hakeem Adeniji, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about him because I didn't know if he's yeah. make the roster this year. And, you know, I, he stepped up a few times, but that's not your answer for a backup tackle right now. He really much seemed like he would be the swing tackle. And I thought on film, he looked like he could be the swing tackle for the future. And like, that's a great spot to be in, but then the playoffs happened and the opponents got better and they targeted him a little bit more and it turned into less of, I think he'd be a swing tackle into if he goes in, it might be a little bit of a liability situation. So that's, it's rough. I, I would, 
I would think that there is somebody probably drafted um, to be a swing tackle, not to be a swing tackle, but that will probably be your swing tackle or at least back up one of the positions. They could draft a right tackle and he's backing up Collins or starting. And then Carmen is backing up the left tackle because um, I expect Jonah to start. But Jonah, same thing as Wilson there. Um, I thought Jonah was actually better than Wilson this year, which it's strange to see all the people that think he's terrible now. Uh, but uh, yeah, if uh, Tyron Smith gets cut from Dallas, actually pretty likely, and he doesn't retire, if he goes, well, let's make a run of this, Bengals, you sign him. And especially if it's cheaper and he probably starts at left tackle for you, that's then you can get, you can get fun with what do you do at right tackle? Jonah's played there before Collins competes for that job. Might not be ready week one. Uh, can Carmen play right tackle? You, you maybe have a big competition at right tackle in this situation, but it's just another one of those, just this could happen because you're looking at a team that's actually a contender. Now, even in the mid 2010s and the mid two thousands, they were they were a dark horse type contender. Now they're like one of the five teams you would name most likely to win a Super Bowl. So that's my thoughts on all that. Yeah, no, I agree 100% with you. And I think that those are conversations and important ones you need to have because I feel like in training camp, you're going to put your best five guys out there. And if that's Frank Pollock, is if that's what he decides to do, because Zach Taylor did say he's bringing back his full staff to be determined on what happens with Brian Callahan and Lou Anarumo, um, I think you have to be open-minded when it comes to what position you put these guys in because it's more than likely going to be Jonah Williams last year in Cincinnati. Um you know, I, I don't see even if he plays an OK season that they find a way to um, get a multi-year contract with him. But, hey, I'd love to be wrong. I hope we're having this discussion next year because Jonah Williams balls out and he can stay healthy. But I just don't. I think it's one last run in Cincinnati for him. And if it's left tackle, if it's right tackle, um, he's going to be starting for this offensive line. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. I know a lot of people are down on Jonah Williams. I don't understand the hate so much, but you would think that this guy was just the worst offensive lineman on the team. And I just don't agree with that. Yeah, just reminding people that may not know. Uh, yeah, led the league in sacks. That is one stat that is very bad for him. That is not an offensive line evaluation uh, because that is a very tricky statistic mm -hmm. that can come from miscommunications with the left guard. A rookie left guard, miscommunications, very possible. Uh, that could come from somebody else giving the pressure for a second, come from Burrow holding the ball too long. And then to go with that, I've seen plenty of takes about wanting Orlando Brown from the Chiefs, paying him 20-plus million dollars to be the blindside protector for Joe Burrow. That guy gave up more pressures than Jonah. They just didn't turn into sacks. He has a higher PFF grade for whatever that's worth. But when you look at their data, and I don't think it was a higher pass protection grade when you look at true pass sets, but we look at the data, he gave up more pressures. He had a higher pressure rate. So it wasn't even just because he pass blocked more. It was at a higher rate as well. We watch what Trey Hendrickson usually does to that guy. And I'm not sure why people want him so bad, but just to give you an example of, they're probably both around average level left tackles. This is what an average left tackle looks like. It's, when people want the average offensive line, they lose. That doesn't mean they'll always win and be able to survive two and a half seconds. No, an average offensive lineman loses still. So that's Jonah Williams, kind of the definition of an average left tackle to me. Uh, so it, you hope it got better. It didn't. Maybe next year. He did have the dislocated kneecap. I think it's worth mentioning. 
But um, yeah, we made it through like three questions. Let's hope we hit some more. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. There was so much to talk about with this offensive alignment. I promise your mailbag questions. I keep asking you to send them and you do. And I'm failing you by talking even more about this offensive line and following up with questions. But we are back with more mailbag questions next in segment three on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.